0: to the third episode of Beauty and the Breakdown. As always, coming at you from Columbia, South Carolina, I am your host, Billy Riot. And, uh, I was just kind of wondering, are you an early riser? You wake up early in the morning? I don't know. Maybe it's just a getting older thing. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Maybe you have to get up because of work. But, uh, I find myself getting up earlier and earlier and earlier, and you know I'm I'm 44 years old, man. So uh, maybe it's just because I'm you know I got an autographed copy of the Bible somewhere. That's how old I feel. I don't know. I uh, I just wanted to to kind of point out that you know when I whenever I started this journey of finding peace with God and sobriety. Um, I had to make a solid decision, dude. I had to, you know, I I had to make a a time and a place to meet and to stay focused and because I knew that from my walk years ago, um, I was a lot better off if I started off the day and devoted 100% of my morning to the Lord. Waking up, um, making some coffee, sitting down and totally having some alone time with just me and God. Um, That little bit of time kind of evolved into a thicker prayer life and reading the word more. And I did have the chart of reading the Bible in a year, which I'm still on because I started it back in October, but now I'm way ahead of schedule. I'm, I'm probably gonna finish this thing You know, in about a seven month, eight month period. And it'll probably, I'll probably take some numbers away from that as well because I I read more in the evenings when I get home. Um, I'm just fascinated by everything that the word contains that is alive and well and powerful and that is transformative. When applied, you can read over it. And it can fall on deaf ears very easily. And it sometimes you're reading over it, and you got to go back again because there's just a whole bunch of stuff that's kind of hard to understand. And getting a study Bible, I can't recommend it enough. Um, I'm I'm a guy that doesn't have all the answers. I'm a guy that's just grabbing a microphone and talking about how my life is being transformed, and I want you to come on this journey with me. Um, just to understand the simplicity of it all, and how amazing God is, and how alive His Word is. This morning, I sit down at about 6.15, 6.30ish, um, to just dive in to the Word. And I am in 1 Thessalonians, and I was pointed into the direction of reading Colossians chapter 2. I read those, um, kind of blown away by some scriptures that I'm going to share with you in a minute. Um, but the book that I read for a small devotional is a book that I've had for at least 25 years. It's called Streams in the Desert by L.B. Kalman. Uh, you can find copies of it on you know, Amazon for like eight bucks sometimes. Uh, it's a powerful book. It's It was written a long, long time ago. And... Uh, some of the poems in the book are a bit floaty. And what I mean by that is you ever listen to Alison Krauss, um, or being stuck somewhere, having to listen to Alison Krauss. Um, she's not, <clears throat> it's just not my cup of tea. I'm, I'm, I'm in the metal and punk and, and stuff like that, but they do bluegrass. As a matter of fact, her backup bluegrass band is the band, the socket bottom boys that you hear in, you know, Oh brother, where art thou? That's, you know, Jerry Douglas, Dan Tanansky, um, I can't remember the other two guys' names, but just a phenomenal group of musicians. Anyway, when Alison Krauss sings, point being, it's just kind of floaty. You know, it's kind of, I don't know, like the grass and the flowers and the lemonade and everything's all pretty. You know, stuff like that. Just bleh. It's not my bag. So anyway, some of the poems, you know, are the these and the thous, and that's how they talked back then, and whatever, the King James stuff. Um but not like we talked about in that first episode. Um, But I wanted to read um, today's devotional in parts. The scripture that they reference is Exodus 34, verses 2 and 3. It says, Be ready in the morning and then come up. Present yourself to me there on top of the mountain. No one is to come with you. And then on to the devotional part. It says the morning is a critically important time of day. You must never face the day until you have faced God, nor look into the face of others until you have looked into His. You cannot expect to be victorious if you begin your day in your own strength alone. Begin the work of every day after having been influenced by a few reflective, quiet moments between your heart and God. Do not meet with others. Even the members of your own family until you have first met with the great guest, honored companion of your life, Jesus Christ. Meet with him alone and regularly, having his book of counsel open before you. Then face the ordinary and the unique responsibilities of each day and the renewed influence and control of his character over all your actions. Most of the time when I'm having my devotions in the morning, turn my phone on silent, flip it over, and just dive in. I keep my phone near me because sometimes throughout the Old Testament, it says things like, and it's still there to this day. Well, I have to flip my phone over and Google Maps that sucker and find out what's that place look like, you know. Um, sometimes I get blown up in the morning, um, and I'm, I'd like to be unreachable. But this morning was a bit different. I um I got that devotion, and then I'm getting a text from a friend of mine that he was talking about. He heard episode one of this podcast, and I want to read it to you because it applies to what I talked about in episode two about the verse in Chronicles about being strong and doing the work. And it's just an amazing encounter that this guy had in Lowe's. In Lowe's. Customer needs assistance in the key cutting area. This is what the text said. I had an older couple come in yesterday to purchase some new flooring for their home. Southern retired military, extremely courteous. I could not get the invoice to work right to get their bill paid. Again, extremely patient and courteous couple. While hiding my aggravation with the computer, I bent over to stretch my back because of the pain that's caused by degenerative disc disease in my spine. The woman asked, do you have issues with back pain? I told her yes, and I told her about the surgery planned for April. She went on to tell me about her four surgeries that she's had and being patient is part of the process. She asked how long I'd been dealing with it about specific issues that I'd had as well. Now, mind you, these people came in to buy flooring. She listened to me and empathized with the situation and asked if I minded if she prayed for me in the middle of Lowe's at 530 p.m. She didn't try to pray the disease away. She didn't try to pray the pain away. She put her hand on my shoulder and prayed for my wife, the surgeon, the nurses, and for me to find relief. These people didn't know me from Adam and spent at least a half an hour with me with open ears and open hearts. Got me thinking pretty hardcore about um, be strong and do the work. When you dive into the word of God and you see people of faith and how they operate without hesitance and they obey God and leave the consequences to him. Things start happening in your life um, that are just unexplainable. You start hearing directions to go. You start wanting to go other directions. Um, I feel as though I'm getting tackled on an issue and I felt upon hearing this dude's story this morning, it just reminded me so much of how I feel about this lady. That works at the grocery store right up the street from my house this woman if you leave your groceries in your basket she will take the groceries out of your basket and sling them over to the dude doing the bagging and she doesn't care what it is as a matter of fact I had eggs and a big fat container of olive oil. She took the eggs out, boop, and then slung the eggs. Yeah. One egg smashed up against the railing. Dude just looked at her that was back in the groceries like, whoa, calm down, don't do that. But he didn't say that. So I looked at her like, whoa, calm down, don't do that. But I didn't say that. Then She grabs the olive oil and goes boop and then slings the olive oil so hard that I didn't find out until I got home that it smashed five eggs. And everybody in America right now is just mad about how much eggs are, man. So, you know what's wild? I got home that night and I put my earbuds in And I had just put the bags on the counter. And I put on a podcast that I like to listen to by my man, Louis Giglio. I've never shook the man's hand, but his podcast, dude, is just blowing me away. And he talks about how he was in a Publix and he sensed that this woman needed prayer. And he walked up and he prayed for this woman who had a sick dog. And they prayed for the dog. You know, he did that because he felt the spirit of the Lord tell him to do it. Now, those people in Lowe's felt the spirit tell them to do that. I know it with all of my heart. I want to be like those people. That's amazing. And just the uplifting feelings and the power and the encouragement and the love that they shared in that moment had to be amazing why else would this guy have told me this by text I bet the woman that had a random dude just ask if she needed prayer because he had a feeling I bet at first it's insane but I bet she felt something amazing inside, and I bet her dog stood up and arfed all the way to the back door so it could go out and take a big healthy dump in the grass. I decided that since I got home while listening to the podcast and opening up the bag, And seeing the eggs that were smashed, that I wasn't going to get upset. Now, I did tell a couple of people about it, because I'm very animated, by the way. And uh, I was kind of upset. I was kind of annoyed. I was kind of bothered. I wasn't on fire about it. But you know what? I thought the whole thing sucked. And that's just the God's honest truth. But I thought it was weird How the timing of all this just kind of opened itself up and fell in my lap. And now I got broken eggs and crap. I'm a poet and I didn't know it. But how amazing is it, the timing of everything? Some call it a coincidence. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think it's God. I feel... The next time, yeah. wait, before I go forward, I was talking with my wife about the whole situation because she's warned me about her before, and I've never seen her. I've never seen the person. So when I got in the line, I got in the line, and I didn't think it was, didn't even think about it. And then I realized, oh, this must be the lady that hates the stuff in the baskets. Because we have crossed paths officially. Yay. So now... Like my I told my wife about it, and she's like, I'm not ever going to get in her line. Nope, nope, nope. And it, it's quite upsetting. As a matter of fact, I do not understand how she still has her job. It's that bad. Because usually Publix, you know, they hire some pretty cool people that value, you know, customers and whatever. But this lady, obviously, is very, very angered by something. Um, So I decided that next time I see her, I'm going to walk up and I'm going to say something to her. And I'm not going to say anything to her about what she did to my eggs. I'm just going to ask her if I could pray for her. Because I want to be that guy. I want to obey God and leave the consequences to him. And if she slaps me across the face and tries to knock me out, well, so be it. Whatever. I've been hit before. I can take it. But I want to do the work. And I just feel that out of the amount of time that I spend now, with the Lord, I'm feeling hungry to do these things. At first I was like, oh, you know, I'll never wake up and say something like that. But now I just feel compelled to make a difference in someone's life. I want to share my faith with people and I want to do something helpful. Something's shaking that woman up. Maybe she hates her job. Maybe it's actually a miserable place to work. Maybe she's got a lot of terrible things going on. Maybe I should just pray for her when I'm in my car by myself. And I should just lift up the lady at Publix. I want to... Share those things because they're powerful and they're tools to use that God gives us all. I feel so many times that people are hurting all around us and I'm always asking God to put people in my path to help me share the good things of God with. And sometimes I feel a tug on my heart and I just walk right right past it. So what's the point of me even asking him to put people in my path? There's people, there's my neighbors across the street. There's the lady at Publix throwing my olive oil, smashing my eggs. You know, there's there's people at work that are extremely frustrated. There's all kinds of things that are going on. I feel maybe I'm doing this podcast and it's falling on ears, but, you know, a lot of you don't know me directly. So how can I do things on a consistent basis to make me into this person that I wanna be? How can I get the courage to do all of the small things with big love that I talked about earlier? How can I transform myself into the person that would rather be done wrong than do wrong? I think the answer, besides reading every day, is prayer. Because prayer is the most consistent form of devotion that you can give to God. We all have access, eternal access. To the Creator through prayer, and if you don't believe Him, and if you don't believe in how powerful prayer is, and you're one of those people that are like thoughts and prayers, <laughs> you know, and you're and you're doing that all the time online, and you feel really good about it. Congratulations, you're being a real butthole. I think you ought to take a step back before you you know make fun of prayer, because when people are in their darkest hour, they pray and they they cry out. And we all do it. We all have done it. And in some way, shape, or form. And to mock it, just to feel good on social media because other people are doing it. I got so tired of that. So don't be a butthole. Okay? Stop it. It's okay to pray. It's okay to call out to God. It's okay to share your faith with people. What's not okay is to take God put them in a box, carry it around with you like you think you know it all and you contain him. And then, you know, I read the Bible every now and then, but the word of the Lord is in me. And I don't have to read it because I've read it before. And I am just a, you know, a powerful, powerful vessel that has faith, you know, that's not even brighter than a 60-watt light bulb. And I act like a butthole already. Ew. You know, it's, it's people that are shallow, just stay in your milk church and just just go over there. Or you could join us and just genuinely care about people and just open yourselves and be used as a tool like God wants you to be, a good tool. Not the bad tool, a good tool. A good tool. So, I want to read 1 Thessalonians 4. Because I read that this morning after I read this, uh, this devotion this morning and then heard from my friend, and it just knocked me, you know, you know balls to the wall. I, I, I was just like, wow, I had an amazing day. After reading uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, starting with verse 9, it says, Now about your love for one another, we do not need to write to you, For you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do more and more, and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of others, so that you will not be dependent on anybody. I'm going to read verses 13 through 18 here to make a point. Starting at verse 13, it says, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring Jesus to those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. A lot of people focus on the rapture and that's what First um, Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18 are, are um, mainly geared toward in a lot of people's opinions. You know, it's just the rapture. The it's rapture consistent. the church oh, it's just yeah. the rapture. The rapture of the, rapture? Already the already church, no, the, rapture, no. the rapture, the, the rapture. The rapture, rapture, rapture of the church. Rapture, rapture, coming. Jesus coming. Rapture, rapture. Rapture, Oh, the rapture. rapture, rapture, rapture That's oh, the rapture of the church. All that being said, people are so hung up on the rapture yeah. of oh, the church and it's everywhere. There's books, there's stickers, there's belts, there's jackets, there's postcards, there's massively framed pieces of art that are just all about it. You know, it's, it's cool to think about. It's called the Blessed Hope. I, I get it, you know. Yes, it would be nice to be vacuumed up into the sky, away from the world and all of its horrible tribulations. Nice. But we don't know when it's going to happen, if it's going to happen, That's another thing. You got the post-trib people. You got the pre-trib people. You got the people that can't agree on anything. It's just kind of like human beings do the same thing everywhere. It's like if you get a group of human beings together and you say, T-Mobile cell phone, someone's going to speak up and say, well, I've got Verizon. Verizon. It's kind of like Verizon people, and, you know, I'm doing it right now. Verizon people are like the vegans of tech, you know? They just have to tell everybody they're on Verizon, you know? I find that kind of funny. But, you know, I think we miss the point when we when we focus on that stuff too much. Because it you think you're just going to go to work. You don't really need to take care of much today because Jesus is coming. And... Sure enough, you're going to pull right back up into that driveway when you had about 50 to 75 opportunities to help somebody out. And you didn't because you just hung up on the rapture. That stuff grosses me out. I like to think about it in my own time. I like to think about what it will be like. I do believe in the rapture. But, you know, there is some that don't. And we could sit there and argue about it or have a debate, but we could also be out doing other things. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says that, um, verse 1, Now, brothers and sisters, about the times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for we know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come upon them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that day should not surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like the others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Now, we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, And help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that no one pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all hold on to what is good, and reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. That's a lot of information, isn't it? I love it. It's real, it's genuine, and it does the heart good. I want to read Colossians chapter 2, 6 through 10, and then verses 16 through 19. So then, just as you have received Jesus Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on christ for in christ all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form and in christ you have been brought to fullness he is the head over every power and authority Moving on to verses 16 through 19. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into a great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments, grows as God causes it to grow. That's a lot of scripture. It doesn't take a lot of time to read these scriptures. It doesn't take a lot of time to process these scriptures, you're not called to memorize everything. You don't have to walk around, you know you know screaming the scripture out at people and you know being a holy roller, as some folks like to call it. But the scriptures are beautiful, and when you process the scripture and you believe in it and you're searching for God through those words, he shows up, and it is amazing. I've been talking with some friends, uh, even about their spouse, and how they say things like, "Oh, they're way ahead of me." And my wife has even said that about our relationship and where I am in my readings versus how much she reads. You know, I'm, you know, I read every day. She does not. <clears throat> and <clears throat> excuse me. And Some people are just like, oh, they're so far ahead. And it's just like I was talking with my buddy, Eddie, you know, because he said that he he quit drinking and he went and bought himself a Bible and he is just going to seek God. And he said, I have such a long ways to go. And my immediate reply back to Eddie was, we all have a long ways to go. We just need to keep going that way. And it's beautiful. Who cares how far behind you are? Congrats. You're doing it still. And if you get your Bible chart that allows you to go into it for a year, there's some days, guess what? You're not going to do it. But you can catch up. Or you can be behind and add some days onto your year if you want to. I don't care what you do. I'm just saying, man. Nobody's beating you over the head with the book. I heard someone say, it was either on a podcast or maybe it was in a book. It was somewhere where there were lots of words. Um, Somebody said, every journey of a thousand miles begins with one single step. Obey God and leave the consequences to him is one of the most profound, beautiful things I have ever heard. Right up there with the do small things with big love. I really want to be that guy. I want to be that guy. It's like yoga. You know, it's like, I don't want to do yoga. Everybody says, do yoga. It's so great for you. I don't want to do it. But then when you do it, you start feeling better. It's good for your muscles. It's good to stretch. And then you get good at it. I want to be that guy. Not necessarily doing yoga, but I want to be that man of faith, you know, that just, pardon my French for putting it this way, but it's like having a third ball, you know? It's like a, I want to I be able to walk up and do anything like that, like those people did in Lowe's. Like Giglio did in, the, in Publix, with the lady, with the dog. Obey God and leave the consequences to him. There's another thing that I heard. I'd like to sandwich together with that. It says, obedience to God leads to peace with God and to others. Obeying God is the first step on the path to peace. Obey God, get in His Word, and just talk to Him. Develop a consistent, habitual process for yourself to dive in and see what He has in store for you. He'll always be amazing. Till next time, peace to you. Well, his office is manifold, his promise is pure, his life is matchless, his goodness is limitless, his birthday is everlasting, his love never changes, his word is enough, his grace is His vigor, his wage is righteous, and his yoke is easy, and his burden is lighter. I wish I could describe him to you. He's indescribable.